right, welcome back to That Damn Sports Podcast. Um, we've got a lot of football to cover. Um, a lot. We've got the championship weekend that just happened. A lot of storylines there from the Bengals and the 49ers collapse um, at the quarterback position. And we've got today, as we're recording this, um, Tom Brady has retired um, and Sean Payton has found a home, an unexpected home, to at least to me. Um, so <clears throat> a lot to cover here. Uh, before we get started, remember, you can stream all of our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your major streaming platforms. Um, you can follow us on social media. Um, we put, like, game picks and clips from um, our episodes on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at That Damn Sports Podcast, D-A-M. Um, <clears throat> like I said, a lot to cover in the football realm. Um, and we're going to start – we're going to leave – we're going to save Brady and Peyton for the end because we do want to cover – the championships first because those happened a little a couple days ago. Um, I guess we'll start with the one that was not as interesting of a game, and that's the 49ers and the Eagles. Um, Eagles dominate the 49ers. 49ers, literally, I've never seen anything like it where they don't have a quarterback. They run the ball every time they get it at this point. Um, it's very sad to me um, it, it, with the way this all panned out. But I'm just going to get you guys' initial reactions to that game, and then I'll give my take on it um, because I think mine might be a little different than y'all's. But I'll start with you, Mikey. What What is your takeaway from the Niners and Eagles and what you saw? <laughs> the, the Niners just have bad luck at the quarterback position. I mean, to have four quarterbacks go down in some point of the season is literally unheard of. You know, Joe Johnson went down with that concussion, and obviously we know now that Brock Purdy has – he needs Tommy John, so he's at least out for a year, which is – which is tough to hear, but I will say the 49ers defense played very well. I mean, if you look at the score and you didn't watch the game, you probably wouldn't think so, but watching that game and the positions they were put in time and time again, and they were on the field for like 75% of the game, they played a really good game. They, the Eagles couldn't rush the ball. You know, they didn't have those big plays down the field like they normally do. They were kind of chunking away at it, and they were obviously set up really well in field position because the 49ers couldn't move the ball at all because – you know, they didn't have a quarterback. So looking at it that way, I think the 49ers can tip their hats and say, you know what, we got unlucky. We didn't have our quarterback. I think if Brock Purdy's playing, I think that's a different game. I think they do actually win. I think the 49ers, you know, they, they got down when Brock Purdy was in and they scored, and then he obviously went down. But I'm, I'm kind of scared for the Eagles in that sense because when they did play a good defense, they weren't really able to do that much. But, I mean, it's against the Chiefs. It's a different defense. But – Looking at the 49ers, they got to figure out how to keep their quarterbacks healthy. That's my takeaway from it, because if they can, and now this really opens the door for Trey Lance, because, you know, we were saying Brock Purdy's a guy, but now he's going to be out for probably all next year with Tommy John surgery. So now we're going to be able to see Trey Lance. So that's interesting because we thought maybe Trey Lance is on his way out and Brock Purdy is going to be the starter. So hats off to the Eagles. They, they're a good team, but I, if I had to take a pick right now, I'm not getting, I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes, but it's unfortunate to see with the 49ers quarterback situation. See, for me, I never really got to – I didn't really get to see the either of the games because I was working a double that day. Um, I did just keep seeing the score, keep going up and up and up. It just made me, you know, hate myself and think I need to retire from ever talking about sports ever again because both of my picks were wrong. Uh, I mean, I was close. I was I was right about the uh, the Chiefs game being close within like a three four point game, which I think everyone could have seen. But uh, 
I honestly thought the 49ers would have, you know, done a lot more. Even with the injury, um, it, it, I did see that it was, you know, close, you know, 7-7 to start the game. And then Brock went down and they went up 21-7 to until Brock came back in. And then it just, you know, two more scores really put it away. But, uh, you know, I had more faith. The San Francisco Christian McCaffrey's should have put up some more points. Well, when they stacked the box, Brock Purdy legitimately couldn't throw ball. He's a tear in his UCO, which is Tommy John's. Basically. Which, which they I just stacked the box, and and at that point, you know they're running. I don't see how you could possibly win. He threw the ball three times that whole entire game, three times. And you know, I I have so much respect for that man, and you know, I hope he has a long, prosperous career, even if it's not as a starter. Just you know, being there for a team because he's a guy that you can count on to go in and do whatever he can to try and win. And we saw that with that injury and him still going back in in that second half, trying to pull away a comeback uh, no matter what it took. So honestly, they, they may have lost, but at the same time, they also see that they have a win with, uh, with Brock Purdy being that guy that they can keep for uh, the future. I am like baffled after this game because I look and I'm checking on ESPN and we, we're going to cover the Super Bowl in an episode next week where we just, it's a full Super Bowl coverage episode. So we'll talk a little bit about it, but we're not going to get too in depth into that. But I've, I've, I listen to sports radio, I listen to first take and all these different radio shows and everybody, everybody's picking the Eagles. And I look at, the, and this is my big point I made to one of our friends who's an Eagles fan. How do you look at the regular season they had as a whole against the, the schedule was very, was was an easy schedule to be quite frank. Easiest schedule in the NFL. And then you look at the two playoff games they had to play against Daniel Jones and the Giants. That I mean, probably the worst team that was in the playoffs, minus the Dolphins. And then you play the 49ers with a granted good defense, but no quarterback. How do you feel good about the Eagles? No, the, the the Giants are definitely the worst team in the playoffs because uh you know the the Dolphins may not have a quarterback but everything around that you know every other position's filled with a top tier player so the Giants terrible and the you know Brock Purdy a rookie that was Mr irrelevant yes they had the easiest path and he was hurt they didn't they did the coordinators didn't literally did not have a quarterback so. How do, and I'm not saying this: the Eagles can't beat the Chiefs. It is, and it's still a great team all the way around. You look at the whole roster, it is a great team. And I look at that offensive line, and that makes all the difference. Goodness gracious, that offensive line gave Jalen Hurts so much time. But how do you feel good as an Eagles fan going into this, seeing what Patrick Mahomes did on one ankle? I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Mikey, I'm, it was refreshing to hear someone say they're taking the Chiefs because I'm taking the Chiefs too. I, nothing I've seen from the Eagles this year. And also, we need to also make a point, and I'm surprised, Mikey, you didn't bring this up. Jalen Hurts. Damn it. I was, about, I was about to bring it up. I was about to bring it up. He looked he terrible. He looked awful. As a he coach. looked bad. He missed a lot of open throws. He had so much time in the pocket. I was about to bring that up. Jalen Hurts did not look good. He couldn't rush the ball, and he could not throw the ball. He missed so many times in that pocket with open receivers. He looked bad. We finally got Jalen Hurts against a good defense, and he did not perform well. And I'm telling you, the Chiefs' defense isn't the 49ers' defense, but they are still a solid defense all around with Frank Clark with that pass rush, and they got they got some 
key makers like Justin, Justin, uh, what's his name at safety? Damn, I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, he's going to have a hard time. And it's going to be interesting to see because James did not look good. And and no, and here's the thing, Mikey. We were talking about this because we watched the game together. Do you remember all the breaks the Eagles had too, to get yeah. the big of a lead? Devontae Smith doesn't catch that freak pass that was a terrible throw by Hurts. They go four and out on the first drive, and who knows that was there. And and you might have to help me here because there are a, a couple other things that happened. Oh, he, there, was the, he, there was the Brock Purdy fumble that they picked up at the 20-yard line. And then after that, they got off the field, and it was a roughing the kicker. So then they scored down there. So 21 points came off of, one, a catch that should have been challenged. They wouldn't have went four and out. Another, a fumble, which, I mean, granted, it was caused by the caused by the defense, so I'll give that to them. And then a rough in the kicker. So they went up 21, basically to seven, off of and here's the thing. things that really typically don't happen. The roughing the punter call, too, it was fourth and six. It was definitely running into the punter. It was not roughing. Yeah. And they called it roughing, which gave, gave him the first down. If he, if he was running in the punter, he wouldn't even have the first down. So I, my point to all this is Jalen Hurts did not look good as a passer. He looked terrible as a passer, actually. He, um, They had a lot of things go extremely right in their way. And they haven't played anybody. And they played a team without a quarterback in the NFC Championship. How do you sit there and confidently say, I'm taking the Eagles over Patrick Holmes after we saw his greatness against the Bengals? Yeah, you, you give you get Mahomes healthy. I'm sorry, I'm saying it now, and we'll get more into this later on in, in the week when we have our Super Bowl episode. I'm taking the Chiefs. I, there's nothing the Eagles have shown me up to this point where I can confidently say I'm taking the Eagles over Mahomes. Yeah. Not only that, but I feel like the Chiefs' defense is just so underrated. Like I, me personally, I'll admit it. I look past it all the time. I see their defense being like you know just a just a normal defense, just like a you know mid-tier in the NFL, but that, you know, that pass rush is actually crazy. And, I, you know, I was watching the – I was able to catch the last, like, eight minutes of that uh, Chiefs-Bengals game, and the, the defense was actually outstanding, especially with a lack of, like, superstar, like, top-tier, top-name players that, you know, are making millions. Like, they're going to hold their own. Like, they may not be – the you know the Fred Warner's and the Nick Bosa's, but you know they still have solid players. It's gonna hold a hold up against a you know a young quarterback that hasn't been in this position before, and you know the Chiefs just have it all going for them. And that's a good transition to the next game. And Darius Tony, the AFC Championship, because I think both defenses, the Bengals and the Chiefs, both their defenses played really well. I, if you'd have told me the final score was 23-20, I would have said proud to hit the over. I, I, there's no way I would have thought that would have been the final score. So I think both defenses played well in, in the respect. But we'll get yeah, that. I, thought it was gonna be I did too. Me and Mikey did too. That's why we lost a lot of the bets we made. But um, we go to that game. You know, the Chiefs pull it off, and it's incredible. Mahomes has shown we, – we, for a little bit, all of us, were like, you know, Burrow Mahomes, like Burrow – Nope, he shut that down right away. It's Mahomes and then everybody else. It's just yep. how it is. I do want to say this. I tip my caps to not. I'm not. This isn't a Joe Burrow thing. Before Mikey gets all angry about it, this is not a Joe Burrow thing that I'm. I'm saying this. I want to tip my caps to the Bengals as a whole. Think about where this team was right br- prior to Burrow, and now you've made two AFC championships. You made a Super Bowl, and you've gone to Arrowhead again. And you were. I mean, who knows what happens if that that. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct doesn't get called at the end of the game. You put on a fight. This Stephen A. Smith said this perfectly. You you went to Arrowhead so many times and won. You did it last year, made the Super Bowl, and then this year you went to AFC Championship and were arguably a play an overtime away 
from doing it again. The what the Bengals front office, Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and that entire organization has done in the past couple of years is honestly, if we really want to look at it as a whole, it's remarkable. So I do tip my caps to the Bengals as, because even though they lost, man, the future for Cincinnati is so bright. Yeah, and I want if they I keep it this way. Oh, Mikey, Mikey, go ahead and then we'll go, Jack. I want to get this out of the way because I know this is going to be a big talking point. Uh, the officiating for that game, everyone wants to blame the officiating. I don't see a problem with the officiating at literally at all. No. Ref tried to come onto the field to stop that third down. It did not happen because it was so loud. You clearly can see that he's sprinting onto the field trying to stop that play. It doesn't stop, whatever. Then you go down to the hold. It was a holding call. It was clear as day. He held Marquise Valdez's game. That counts. Then we go to the play where Joe Burrow's intentional grounding. Okay, that maybe is a missed call, but they still ended up picking the first down. So you you can't really complain about that. And then to the last play, he shoved Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. You yeah. can see Mike Hilton throw up his hands because he knows that is a flag. There was the officiating wasn't perfect by any means, but be, let's get this out of the way. The Bengals did not lose that game because of officiating. I know I agree 100, percent Mike. I think. The thing I think the thing that's frustrating is not because I, I for me personally at least, I don't think those were bad calls. I agree with everything you said. It's just unfortunate and it sucks to see the ending of an AFC championship and determine who goes to the Super Bowl. Ultimately we, we blame it all it comes down to a flag being called, you know. So I think that's one of the things that's frustrating that it did come down to that. But it was a foul. So I mean the flag, I'm not saying it was a bad call. It just sucks that that's what the AFC championship came down to because it was such a great game. But you're right. The Bengals lost this game on their own. I was just mostly saying, and I'm, I'm going to let Jackson say his point, I just want to say before we – because we're going to sit there and talk about the greatness of Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Kelsey. Before we get to that, I do want to say kudos to the Bengals organization because if you – I feel like we get too caught up in right now. You look at what they've done over the last few years, it really is super incredible. And not many franchises in the history of football have been able to flip the way they have because they went from being the worst team in the NFL to two back-to-back AFC championships and a Super Bowl in the last two years. Now, I know we uh, – we you said it earlier just a little bit. You touched base right before. But you were talking about the end last episode, how we were talking about, you know, if Joe Burrow wins, um, can you put him over Patrick Mahomes, right? And I think this game proves that – Patrick Mahomes will, at least in my opinion, forever and always will be the best quarterback in football until he decides to, you know, hand that crown off to, you know, the next generation. Because, you know, one, he has the ankle injury and, you know, props to him. I have so much respect that uh, he was willing, especially in the divisional round, he was like, I'm not coming out for a play. He's not going to have one more drive than me. Ain't going to happen. I'm going in. I'm winning this game. I'm taking us to the AFC Championship. Then he goes into this game. He he does not care about that ankle. And, you know, we, we talk about how uh, Joe Burrow could possibly – we could possibly put him above Patrick Mahomes if he had beat him that game. But with what Patrick Mahomes does, with what he has around him, like he doesn't have any big-name receivers. His number one receiver is Juju Smith. And then he has Kadarius Tony. These are all receivers that are just trying to find their names. All he has is, is Travis Kelce. That is the 100%, you know, set in stone, probably going to be considered the greatest tight end in history with Patrick Mahomes, you know, that bromance continuing. So, like, 
after seeing what he has done in these playoffs with what he has, I don't think I don't care who beats him. I don't care if he, you know, it comes up short for the next couple of years and Joe Burrow does end up winning the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes will forever and always, in my eyes, be the best quarterback in this league until he decides to hang it up. Yeah, and I, it's just because of that game. I agree 100. percent And I, the more like I've thought about it too since we brought it up, we all we love when we have we love to talk about these young quarterbacks between Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Lawrence, all these guys. But it seems to be always there's always the argument that we make. One of us makes is the weapons, this weapon, that weapon, the weapons, the weapons, the weapons. Mahomes doesn't need that. And that should just end the argument right there. It doesn't matter who is on the field, Patrick Mahomes. It's almost like Brady. Look at how many receivers Brady made. You look at Mahomes, whoever's on the field, he's going to to win. I, I mean, it's incredible. It doesn't matter. And, yes, he has had Tyree Kill. They still had one of the best offenses, maybe the best offense in football this year, without Tyree Kill. And, I, and that takes another one, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill had a great year himself. I think they both, you know, are great players. But Mahomes, you know, what he can do with no weapons – is incredible. That ends the debate for me. Now, I'm not to say Burrow, Allen, uh, um, Herbert can't do that eventually down the road, but five straight AFC championships, three Super Bowl appearances, and he's already got one, and he's still young. People forget that too. Mahomes yeah. is the best, and it will never. It's not going to be touched to Jackson's point until he hangs it up. I'm glad you brought up the weapons because if I if I recall correctly, we were watching the game together. And you really did try to sit there and convince me that it was more impressive that Joe Burrow had the game he did with his offensive line rather than Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, having uh, – uh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to finish because we argued about it in the living room 100 times. Well, you want to talk about what we yes. argued about? Yeah, okay. Here we go. Darius Tony was out. Juju Smith-Schuster was out. And McCole Hardman was out. Three of his – Top receivers were out, leaving Marquis Dottis Gantley and Mark, and he made Marquis Dottis Gantley look like And I really do think if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Bengals that game and you put Joe Burrow on the Chiefs, I think the Bengals blow the Chiefs out of the freaking water. I think they blow them out of the water because Joe Burrow's a great player, but no one is doing that besides Patrick Mahomes. Why do you have no to? Why do you have to do that? I, I'm just I'm stating that I'm stating that Patrick Mahomes is miles above everybody else, and it's nothing to take away from Joe Burrow. But you cannot sit here and tell me that if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Bengals with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon instead of a seventh round rookie running back and Marquise Godin Scantley and Travis Kelsey, that that game isn't like thirty five to twenty. You right, can't. I'm not. I'm not. Bro, no. I'm not, if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Bengals, they're not losing a game. Right, Thank on. you. Hold on. Thank um, you. Thank I'm not you. I'm not going to fall down this trap where we're going to make this a Burrow thing because Mikey, for some reason, wants to keep doing that. Because this is also, Mike, you talk about bad takes. You also said you think Herbert's better than Burrow. After that. I do think – I would not rank Herbert. Yeah, but here's – no, but, but here's I the thing. I would not about, rank Burrow above Herbert. I mean, I would rank Burrow above Herbert right now, but Herbert is going to be the better player. And that's yeah, my take. And that's, that's not and, a ridiculous take. And, and we'll also, see if you're more. You're, you're going to be surprised next year. I actually think Burrow makes it farther. You can't bring up like past like bad takes. Like in your like these everyone's gonna have bad takes in their life. I've had one, right? This past summer. Okay. I've been called an idiot. Now that was my belief, and I've been proved wrong. Okay. I said that Tyreek Hill was not a top five re uh receiver because <laughs> I saw him because I saw him with the greatest quarterback in probably gonna be in his history for 
years and years and years. And I said, you know, there are other people that I'd rather take because I only see speed with this guy. I was proved wrong. 100%. This guy is arguably one, two, or three top three receiver. Okay. But that doesn't mean that all my takes from then on out, then on out are going to be terrible. You agree with me sometimes. Mikey agrees with me sometimes. We can't go off the pass, but it, with what we're talking about, it almost seems factual that if Patrick Mahomes was put on the Bengals, he would go undefeated for probably four years. I swear to God. Here is the point Mikey left out that I was making. I did. I would never be stupid. And Mikey thinks I'm stupid for some reason. I would never be stupid enough to say Mahomes on the Bengals would not be a great team. I was talking about this game specifically because Mahomes with half an ankle or with one ankle and the way that terrible offensive line of Cincinnati played, because the offensive line of Cincinnati played atrocious. So did the Chiefs. I don't think – I don't think – under like a God, second. Bro, you tell me to let you finish. Let me fucking finish. That offensive line played so bad at Cincinnati, and Mahomes was not nearly as 100% mobile as he is. I'm talking about this game specifically. I don't think this game is a blowout by any stretch of imagination because Mahomes ha- had to force to be a pocket passer – which is not necessarily his best strong suit, and that is something that Burrow is better than him at. Simple as that. It's it, but it's not. How can you physically watch that game and say Patrick Mahomes? We're not doing this. I'm, I, I'm just saying he, he sat in the pocket and made game. reads. He sat in the pocket and made reads. It's not like he ran around. He sat in the pocket, made reads, got the ball off in less than like a second. It doesn't matter what that line is. Both lines play terrible. Okay. You can't sit here and say that okay. it would have. You want to tell me? You want to tell me? The, the the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line play at just as poorly as the Chiefs offensive line. That's a joke. Not just as poorly, but when you take into account Patrick Mahomes' ankle and he can't move, it's around the same. Bro, it's not. But anyway, whatever. Joe Burrow's mediocre. You know, nothing <laughs> he does. Nothing he does is good enough for Mikey. It's just always something. That. This was not even the topic. I got the Bengals part out of the way so we could talk about Mahomes, and you had to bring up Burrow again. I it's brought up Mahomes to, to clarify that mean? Mahomes is up here and everyone else is down here. Because that's how good he is. Well, okay, that's right. Mahomes is up here. Everyone else is down here. And then there's Herbert right here below Burrow. So, yeah, 110%. Anyways. So, and also, I'm going to try to make this civil again. Because I, this, I didn't want to do this with you, Mikey. That's why I got the Bengals part out the way. It didn't even talk about Burrow. But you had to find a way to be the typical this, jackass you are. What we live for. What do you mean? But this, my dad I, my dad made a great point. Uh, shout out to my dad. Because he's going to listen to this. And he's going to be mad if I don't shout him out. When you look, it's crazy how history repeats itself. And after he explained it to me, I was like, God, that really does sound like the current young quarterback situation right now. Think about this. So back, I don't remember the years because I wasn't alive when this was going on. In the third round, Joe Montana was drafted in the third round. If you look at him coming into the coming into the draft, he was not, didn't have elite arm strength, didn't have elite athleticism. His body was, his build was not that great. And then you look at guys like John Elway, who to this day, my dad said this as well, Mel Kuyper puts him as the best prospect he's ever seen. Okay, John Alloway was the freak. And then you look at the other – and, uh, God, why am I drawing a blank now? Mikey, help me out here. It was during Dan that, Marino. Oh, Dan Marino. That was the other one. Unbel- freak. Dan Marino was a freak. And my you dad, forgot Dan Marino's – And he calls himself a – Oh, my God. Bro, it was – stop. Stop. Dan Marino, freak athlete, had the unbelievable arm talent, one of the best quarterbacks ever. Unfortunately, won the Super Bowl. My dad was like, "If you look at this, Joe Burrow is like another version of Joe Montana. Josh Allen and um, Herbert are like I'd say Herbert's more like Marino, Allen like Elway, and they all were great, and they all won, ended up winning their Super Bowls and whatever. 
but it was not like, Dan. oh yeah, sorry, I know not Dan. Um, but it was still great in the Hall of Famer. They're both that's what I meant to say. They're both Hall of Famers, L.A. and Marino and um, Montana. And Montana won four Super Bowls, two without Jerry Rice, because of it's hard to explain other than his quick release. So you look at like, if you look at the three, it, they're very close. And in, in, if you compare them, like Elway to Allen, Marino to Herbert, Burrow to Montana, all great, all Hall of Famers, all had unbelievable careers. It was just something that when he explained to me like that, I was like, wow, it, it really is crazy how history does repeat itself. You, you next, on our next podcast, because I've been wanting to do this for a while, let's compare the quarterbacks now to Tom Brady's there, and then obviously Joe Montana, Joe Montana's there because it really does repeat itself. You see, you see freak athletes who are good, and then you see guys who maybe aren't as freak athletes that are still good, and, and vice versa. But no, I, I I agree. I think history does repeat itself, and we are in for a treat in the next fifteen years because these guys ain't going anywhere. I just hope half of them. I hope half of them get out of the AFC and someone go to the NFC, so it's even, so we can see all these great quarterbacks win a Super Bowl. It's just miraculous looking at that is showing that the next goat is on the Carolina Panthers because you know who was a third round pick and has a super fast release time. Oh, that's right, Mr. Corral. He's winning four Super Bowls with the Panthers, baby. Too bad, Anthony Richardson. Shock if Matt Corral starts next year or even gets playing time. It'll be Anthony Richardson. But anyway, no. If you really think about Mikey, like believe Burrow and Montana are so similar. Marino and Herbert are so similar. Elway and Allen are so similar. Like it's crazy. Like when he's he compared Allen to Big Ben when he was in his prime because everyone compared Big Ben to John Elway. Big mobile guys has a huge arm. He's going to scramble around for a while. And then the one guy you're forgetting is Patrick Mahomes. Who do you? Who do you? I think Dan. You can't compare it. You can't compare Marino to anybody. I think Dan Orlovsky said it the best. Or it wasn't Dan Orlovsky. You can't compare Patrick Mahomes to literally anyone. We had just have <laughs> yeah, that's what I just what, the closest the closest guy is Brett Favre, and Patrick Mahomes just doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much as Brett Favre does. They run around, they have the arm strength, they can make these crazy throws, and they get out of the pocket great. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. That's what Brett Favre did, but Mahomes doesn't make the mistakes like Favre does. Yeah, which I, that's Dude, the closest. Could you possibly? I mean, maybe he's kind of like a an Aaron Rodgers. It's a more athletic Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers with. With his build, and he wasn't, you know, the fastest guy around, but he was still a very great improviser, and you know, he's still doing it to this day. So maybe he's just Aaron Rodgers times three. I, I've, I, like I said it. I don't know because Zoom's weird, where you can't. Sometimes I, you say stuff and someone's talking, and you can't hear. Literally before they even come in your mouth, I said you can't compare Mahomes to anybody. It's, yeah. it's he's in a different level. But we'll, we'll move on. You know, great games. Well, not great. Great game. Um, we're going to have the Super Bowl coming up. We have an episode coming out next week where we're going to do nothing but Super Bowl coverage and break down the game as a whole. But real quickly, you guys, give me a brief explanation who you're taking and why. Keep it in like Let's do like a 30-second thing. Mikey, go. Got the Chiefs, and I don't even need 30 seconds because of one guy, Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking him because he's up against an inexperienced quarterback, and I don't care what that defense says. I'm not betting against Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid. You know what? I don't fucking know who I'm taking. You know why? Because after the first round, I was almost perfect. And then after that, I have screwed up every single pick. So, like, I want to pick the Chiefs, then the Eagles are going to win. If I pick the Eagles, freaking Chiefs are going to win. So, it's a lose-lose for me. So, I'm just not going to pick. I want the Chiefs to win because I hate Eagles fans. Honestly, they make me hate the sport as a whole. So, I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs as well. And I obviously, obviously answers my homes. But I also think Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey 
He's one of those things. I haven't seen anyone stop him. This is a great defense for the Eagles, but like I was talking to our friend Alex, it's like you don't even have routes. And that's a big football field. 11 guys can cover the whole thing. Kelsey's going to find the open area. Mahomes is going to find him, and they're going to be able to move the ball against his defense. I like the Chiefs. Um, but talk about one great quarterback, and we talked about the young ones. Let's talk about the next one. Um, we found out today. It's it, Dude, it really is. It, honestly, it is sad. Like to it, But he tarnished it a little bit because I, I don't fully believe him. I don't well, fully no. believe he's actually done. I don't he's fully done. do. He's done. I, I You could see it by the way he was he was talking. You know, he know and the and thing with, with okay, by the way, since you're just if you missed the intro, Tom Brady retired. Um, but it like I said, it is sad, but it's one of those things, man. He really couldn't accomplish much more. Um, and seven will I don't think will ever be touched. I don't think seven will ever be touched, even by the greatness of Mahomes. I don't think seven Super Bowls gets remotely close. Um I, I mean, it's been an honor to watch him. I mean, he he was – a lot of my core memories growing up were Tom Brady. I mean, I knew from a young age, especially being a Dolphins fan, he was the best quarterback in football. And it's crazy that I sit here at 23 years old and I remember watching him when I was 10 years old and talking about how great he was. And I'm 23 and I'm still talking about how great he is. I mean, what a career. It's one of those where a lot of guys need to end on top. Brady's done enough. He didn't need to end on top. And ending like this does not tarnish him. The way this year went with the Bucks does not tarnish him in any way. And – I mean, it's just honestly it's been it's been an honor. Yeah, as a big Tom Brady fan, it's it's sad to see because I love watching that guy play. He plays the game the right way. Um, high motivator, great leader, and obviously one of the smartest QBs to ever play the game, and the best QB to play the game. And uh, I will say this: I kind of got a kind of got a theory, um, and you can call me crazy, but I think he's trying to win back his wife with retirement. And I don't think if she doesn't come back to him, I think he comes back. Literally do. I think he's retiring just to get his family back. And if he does not get his family back, I can't see that man sitting on his living room couch with no wife, having to see his kids maybe once a week, twice a week, whatever it is, and not playing football. I think if Tom Brady goes to the perfect situation, he wins a Super Bowl. I don't know what that perfect situation is yet, but I could see it. So I, you know, that's my I, theory. If Brady can't get his family back, I would not be surprised if he yeah, retires. I would. I would 100% believe that crazy ass theory because you know this world is made up of crazy you know things that happen i just i feel like he's retiring because one for one of two reasons one he looks for those situations where he knows he can come in not have to build the team and then have to you know carry a team to the playoffs and to the super bowl that like he you know there were rumors that he was in miami looking at schools for his kids and then you know, maybe he checked out San Fran and San Fran's not going to, you know, want to go with maybe he checked out all those options and just wasn't, you know, comfortable coming back just for that. Either that or I feel like he doesn't want to. Now, it being Tom Brady, I don't think he gives a shit because he loves the game of football, but I don't think he wants to be a homie hopper or a team hopper and just keep, you know, ruining the legacy more and more by going from team to team proving or you know disproving that he's the greatest of all time because at this point it'll be like he needs pieces around him when he won all those super bowls with julian edelman and gronk and then you know amandola and just not like the Actually, i think your first point i didn't even think about that i think your first point is spot on i think brady probably looked for the right situation miami 
probably talked to Miami. They said, look, we're probably going to roll with Tua here. 49ers, look, we're rolling with Trey Lance. Raiders, he probably wasn't comfortable with Josh McDaniels, so he was like, I don't know if I want to go to the Raiders. There probably wasn't that many teams where he felt comfortable, and the teams that he did said, hey, we got our guys. So he was like, at this point, I either go play for a team or I stay with the Bucs or go with the team that's maybe not as good and try it again. But no, I think it, I think, no. I think you're spot on that. He didn't have a team. I think if Miami or San Fran said, hey, come play, I would bet he would. Uh, so I don't agree. Because I listened to an insider today that's apparently really close within the, the his circle or knows people in the circle, and apparently it's all family. It is his kids right now are on the East Coast, so it kind of cropped out San Fran and, and the Raiders like right away. Um, and then he and then Miami already made their thing, their commitment to Tua. From what they said was, and I quote, he was either going to play again in Tampa or he was going to retire. And he looked at the Tampa situation. He looked at Tampa situation, and he's like, "What's the point?" Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it was that. I think it was family. You got to keep in mind the whole thing with the separation. Kids are on the East Coast, going out yeah. to San Fran, going out to Vegas. That's not what he wants to do at this age in his career, this time in his career. Miami wasn't really an option. I, I think that was like he looked at all the options, obviously, because he wouldn't have made it, he would have made a decision right away if he didn't. He looked at the options. He was like, "What's best for my family, my future? It's got to have to be either Tampa or nothing." And nah, you know this yeah. insider baloney is wrong. Sorry. Shout out to Tom though, ending on ending on his retirement. But it's been it was a pleasure watching him play, even him kicking the Steelers' asses so many times. I mean, to Hell, watch that. No, no, you don't get to say that because Jackson's a Panthers fan. Austin. The difference is he kicked our ass in the playoffs, which is more hurtful than regular season. He kept us out the playoffs. I'm just saying, but it's been a pleasure to watch greatness for so many years. I mean, to be able to be alive during his time, is it, it was awesome. Shout yeah. out to him. And what's crazy about it, well, one, I just want to make this point. He, the franchise that beat Tom Brady the most 12 times, the Miami Dolphins. Secondly. I mean, play uh, twice a year. Anyway, secondly, uh, it's crazy that we consider him this almighty quarterback. And I'm not taking anything away from Brady. I want to make that very clear. He's not the best regular season quarterback of all time. And Peyton Manning is. And he's not the best Super Bowl performing quarterback of all time. Go look at his Super Bowl performances. None of them are, are elite. It's crazy that he was he did all of this and he was never really like considered the best in terms of those categories. And those are those are facts. And also look at some of the Super Bowls. I've seen MVP seems pretty, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, your your Super Bowl take is awful. I'm sorry. Well, it's not. Go look at the Super Bowl performances. Okay, you can look at the MVPs to back it up. You can look at Super Bowl Austin. Austin. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Look at Seattle. Okay, look at the Seattle game. Could have easily lost that one. Look at the Falcons comeback. Could have easily lost that one. He played played good. He played great in the second half. Same. And if you look at his numbers from back then. I I just should have just shut my mouth. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm saying that just speaks volumes to the point of how great he is. What I'm trying to get at is if people look at numbers, which I'm assuming you just looked at numbers from his past Super Bowls, the most of, most of his Super Bowls were played in a different era of football where it was smash-mouth football and, and it was defensive football. It, it wasn't throwing 300 yards a game in the Super Bowl like it was. So when you look at those numbers, you, you can say, oh, it wasn't that great of a game. But in reality, for that time of football, it was a great game. So you can't take anything away from Tom Brady. And don't, don't say he wasn't the best Super Bowl quarterback. Yes, he was. He won seven out of ten. That's the best Super Bowl quarterback there is. That, that was done. 
There was one questionable game, and that was against the Rams. Okay? Joe Montana was definitely a better Super Bowl performing quarterback. Nah. Yes, he was. Joe Montana. Yeah, Jerry Rice the whole time. I don't want to hear him. He won two Super Bowls without Jerry Rice. Two of his four were without Jerry Rice. Won two with Jerry Rice. Okay, I'm just saying. Guess how many Tommy won without Jerry Rice. Guess how many Tommy won without Jerry Rice. Julian Edelman. You, Seven. Well, six you want to tell Edelman. me, like, you want to talk about there was a different era of football. Think about the era of football Joe Montana was in, and he was still putting up better numbers than Brady was. Well, when you got the best wide receiver of all time, I, I sure hope you put up good numbers. For two of them. For two of them. And I guarantee if you look at his numbers when Jerry Rice wasn't there, probably the same. Oh, we can Brady. check it. We can check it. The best Super Bowl performing quarterback of all time was Joe Montana. That's a fact. You're best on. quarterback of all time because of seven rings? Okay, fine. Give it to Brady. I'm not saying anything with Brady. I'm just I'm, – You I'm see, you get mad at me for taking a hit at Joe Burrow, but you just took a hit at the greatest quarterback of all time, and you're saying you're not taking a hit. You are. Right. Because if I, was take, if I was taking a hit at Joe Burrow saying Patrick Mahomes is up here, everyone else is down here, then you're definitely taking a hit at Tom Brady. No, I'm not. I'm saying he's okay. the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, it is crazy. You didn't say that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in football. I'm saying Joe Mar- great, uh, Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time, and it's impressive because he wasn't the best regular season quarterback of all time or the Super Bowl, Super Bowl performing quarterback of all time, and he still won seven and is still considered the greatest of all time. You never give any credit to Burrow, so don't use the Burrow. You just sound stupid right there. You just have Joe on a freaking pedestal, and you can't say one thing about him. And and if we and if you do, you just get more hurt. You know what's funny, Mikey? We were just talking about Tom Brady and Joe Montana, and you still found a way to bring up Burrow. I think you're a lot more butthurt than I am, but that's the funny thing. Whatever. Like you're, Where was he relevant in You brought him up. No. You two need to stop crying and chirping at each other, okay? It's kind of weird that it's not me and Mikey arguing because it's usually me and Mikey. You two just need to chill. He, he goes, you put Burrow on his pedestal. No. He brought uh, Burrow up. Oh, we're, we're past it. it. Enough. We're past enough. it. I'm so we're past sick it. of you okay? sucking off I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this. You topic. brought him up, Mikey. I did it. Oh, you brought him more, up. Dude. Oh, Call my. him up. I mean, Jesus, it's about Bruh. the time you do it Bruh. already. You brought him up. Did you or did you not? Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I can't believe – the, what just happened? It, it blows my mind sometimes. The arguments Mikey makes, and then he convinces himself he's right. You're still on this, bro. We got. Dude, I can't about- believe what you just did. You can't, you can't get off of Joe Burrow because you love him so much. Anyway, I I will take. It I just want to say one thing. Sorry. I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing for my farewell to Brady because you all got your two farewells. There, Brady. I love you. I also hate you because when I was free. Of so many good quarter, great quarterbacks in our division, you just had to come fuck it up. So I hate you for that, but I wish you well in retirement. Now a guy who came out of retirement, Mr. Sean Payton. I can't get over this. Okay, anyway, uh, yeah, Sean Payton um, goes to Denver, which it's Sean Payton, so I'm like, this is a big deal. But I can't really say too much positive about this until I see what Russell Wilson we're going to get. Yeah, so I was actually having that exact thought earlier. Um, I can't. I wait. knew that we were going. I knew that we were going to bring this up, and in my head, I was when I heard about the news, I was like, I'm not going to be like we all were last year with uh, Devontae going to the Raiders and Russ going to the Broncos, and everyone jumping the gun saying, "Oh my God!" Like all these teams are going to be like ten and five make it to the playoffs. It's going to be like the first time in NFL history that every single team makes it into uh, 
every single team in a division makes it to the playoffs. I this is my prediction now. This is how it's gonna go. With Sean Payton there and Russ being in his second year after making these relationships with all these players, I feel like they're going to be that team that falls like is that first is that last team in the bracket, right? They're going to be that seven seed to make it into the playoffs. They're not going to have the most outstanding season, maybe have some very questionable wins, close losses, one of those seasons. And then uh, come playoff time, they're going to be that, that, you know, that underdog team that you don't want to face because, you know, Sean Payton, he's been there before. Russ has been there before. I think they're going to form a chemistry to where they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs as a seven seed. That's my that's my take. That's interesting because when I first saw it, I was like, man, they traded the first-round pick. But then more of my thought about it is I love this, and this is exactly what the Broncos had to do, and this is the only way to go because you already traded two first-round picks for Russ, right? So your first-round picks are basically non-existent. You might as well just trade one more for Sean Payton because you're not getting rid of Russell Wilson. And look what Sean Payton did with Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater went five and one. Taysom Hill went seven and two, and they had a good defense. If any coach can turn it around and make a quarterback play well, it's Sean Payton. That was the only viable head coach out there that can turn it around for a quarterback because he did it with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. So you now you get Sean Payton, who's a guru on the offensive side. You already have a great defense. So if he can turn around with Russell Wilson, you got playmakers all over the field. You already don't have first-round picks anyway. You already have key playmakers. You don't really need to draft that many guys in the first round anyway to make yourselves that much better. I'm telling you, the Broncos are going to be good with Sean Payton. Russell Wilson's going to turn around. We saw what happened when Nathaniel Hackett was fired. They start, Their offense started to be 10 times better. It wasn't phenomenal. It was it was a lot better without Nathaniel Hackett. He let held them back. Let me, let me ask you. Oh, go ahead. Now, if they can't turn around this year, you might want to start looking at Russell Wilson back. Maybe Pete Carroll made him because we saw with Geno Smith. But I think the I think if you're the Broncos, this is the only way you can turn things around with Sean Payton, and I think they will. Now, let me ask you this, Mikey, because now the AFC West next year has to play the AFC East. That's like the division they're going to go against. So they're playing – everyone in there is playing the Dolphins, playing the Bills. Um, or not everyone, but the Bills are playing – not everyone, but the Bills are playing the Broncos and the Chargers. Um who and that division? Because with the, the division already being as good as they are, and we know the Chiefs are going to make it. Realistically, probably only two teams are making it out of the division to the playoffs. Mm. In the AFC, it's not the NFC. In the AFC, it's probably going to be only two of those teams. Because look at the, the Jaguars are probably going to be in because of how bad that division is. Are you going to be Jaguars or the Titans? Probably the Jaguars. The AFC East is going to probably get two with the Dolphins and the Bills. You know, and then you have the the Raven. They have the Bengals. I mean. It's good. It's very realistic. The only two teams make it out of that division, out of the AFC West. Between the Chargers and the Broncos, who would you think is going to have a better year? I'll ask that. Chargers. I, I think. I think the Chargers do, especially with the addition of Kellen Moore, if they can get a playmaker on the outside that you know can stay healthy and is a deep threat. But I'll, I'll say this right here: I think the Chargers and Broncos actually do both make it. I think the Ravens don't make it. I don't. I don't think the Ravens make it. One because they're franchising Lamar Jackson. Who knows if he's going to play that on that franchise tag. Two, he gets hurt. We've seen it now twice. He gets hurt in the back half of the year, and they barely made it with Tyler Huntley. I don't think the Ravens make it. I don't I don't see the, the Steelers making it either. I see the Dolphins, Broncos, and Chargers probably being those wild card teams in the playoffs. So I don't think it's unrealistic to say that the Broncos and Chargers both make it. I do think the Chargers have a better season. 
but I would I I wouldn't say that I'm highly confident the Broncos are going to make it. But I was just saying that yeah, if they are going to be a good team. This was the right decision at head coach. I see what you're saying. It's just one of those things where I look at how good that division is, and then they have to play some other good AFC teams. It makes it a it, it's you gotta have at the end of the day you're gonna have a good record, and even if they're better than the Ravens or the Titans or whoever it may be, if they don't have a better record, they're not making the playoffs. No, so, I agree, I agree, but I I. I wasn't going to say that they were going to make the playoffs. I do think they probably will. But I was saying if you had to go all in on a coach, this was the only right answer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, everyone. yeah, no, I I mean, I don't disagree with the move at all. I just think it's going to be curious to see how the AFC shakes up now. Because it's almost like we talk about the SEC and football. You got to, when you play, when you're in the same conference, same division, whatever, when you play each other, you got to beat each other up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We know the Chiefs and Bengals are, and Bills most likely are locks. And honestly, I don't even want to say the Bills are locked yet, just because there's a lot of stuff the Bills need to fix first. The Bills will upgrade in the offseason. I'm sure the Bills are going to upgrade. In the I offseason. do think they'll make the playoffs, but we, I need, we need the Bills have a lot to fix that I think people don't talk about enough. There's a lot that Josh Allen makes up for on that team, um, but that's we won't get into that right now. But I'm just saying it is going to be tough, especially because we saw in the NFC with the Cowboys and the Eagles and on um, the Giants, like it is possible the NFC ain't the AFC, and that division sure as hell ain't the AFC West. So you want you want to hear a crazy ass take I just thought of? I think after next year they are going to change the playoff rules, <laughs> not like the specific game rules. I'm saying like what it takes to get into the playoffs. Like right now, it's the it's the head of each division automatically gets in. I think because of the this is my take. Call me crazy if you want, but I don't see it being unreal. Because of the NFC South, they are going to change that rule and just make it the top seven teams in the NFC make it. Because the NFC South is going to have yet another team represent the NFC South with a negative record, and people are going to be upset about it. Or I will say, I will say this. Sorry, Austin. That will never happen. The only way they change it is if the top of the division has a losing record. Then it goes to the next team who has a winning record. I would 100%. 100% be okay with that but if you have a winning record and you're at the top of your division i don't care if there's a wild card team or a team in the eighth seed that has a higher record oh. if they have a losing record in in their division then i agree it should that's go what to, that's what i'm yeah. saying yeah, yeah. i always I would, thought, I would be okay with that i always thought it'd be cool if they had made they expanded it to eight but it's, it's basically the top two teams in each division make it but the team with the worst record that's in second plays the team with the best record that won their division. Does that make sense? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So then you're basically like, who is, who is probably – who is the one team left out of the AFC? It was the, the next team was the Steelers, right? Yeah. So the Steelers are playing the Chiefs in the first round. So the Chiefs don't get a bye, but the Chiefs are playing the Steelers at home. So, I mean, I don't know. I always thought that would be something to be nah, – you gotta give you got to give the top seed their bye. That, that makes all the world of difference. I mean, yeah, look at, the, look at the fucking Eagles, but yeah. But I mean, does it though? Because you look at the Titans last year. I mean, they lost in the first round. So I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, the NBA doesn't do any buys. They just, you know, so that does make sense. It's just this is a more physical sport to where a buy is more necessary. Exactly. You uh, gotta, but you're playing seven game series too, though. I mean, that, I, I, they're man, not okay. I'm not getting that argument. So many times. Like you and Mikey, and you know, I skipped in on both sides because you know I'm a very reasonable person. You know everyone can agree on that, but you cannot deny that and the NFL is a more physical sport to where if you were 
you know, it is that necessary or it is necessary to give them more time off rather than in basketball. Yes, it is physical. People do get injured. It is, you know, gruesome on the body when you play that many games, but it's, you can, you can easily deal with it and you can, you can do those series to where you're not going to kill your body like you are. I agree. And at the end of the day, I would say, but I just don't like how Mikey under underplays because think about NBA too is you're playing you get one day off and then you're traveling you could be traveling across the country for you know you're just you're traveling left and right left and right every two games whatnot and it could go to say it goes to seven you played seven games in a week and a half I mean I'm not saying it's don't downplay just don't downplay it like what I just said was stupid it is very physically no I was saying I'm not getting that debate with you because it's that there's no no point I'm not saying it's easy by any means but I would rather play 72 games and get hit for 18 games and then not have a lot. It's, it's 82 games. Nice try. You were almost – Same shit, different day. I mean, and in the playoffs alone, like, you could play seven. All right. Again, we're not getting – games, but whatever. You know, whatever. Um, anyway, all right. Well, that concludes this episode of that Damn Sports Podcast. Um, we'll get you guys next week with – a full-on Super Bowl episode, unless something crazy else happens in football or in sports that we have to address, probably just going to stick to the Super Bowl, really break down all the key matchups um, from all sides of the ball um, and have you guys ready um, before Sunday, the big Sunday. So, um, but yeah, so thanks for listening. In, in the entirety. Uh, we'll see how the Pro Bowl is. I'll, I'll, I'll see how the Pro Bowl is. The fact that the AFC quarterbacks are Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr, and Tyler Huntley uh, – <laughs> I mean, I don't really know if I can consider this a Pro Bowl or if this is just pickup football. At this point, it's just nobody wants to go and play because it's it's stupid. They just I mean, I don't, I don't blame like Burrow for not wanting to go after he just lost an AFC Championship like that. Like that's probably something you don't want to do. And then Herbert and Allen are hurt. That's but, why it should. That's why they should go back to it being after the Super Bowl. I think if you do it after the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl guys probably won't want to play. But like. Everyone's had that time to be like, all right, we lost. Whatever Super Bowl happened, now I'll go play football. But what? How the hell did Tyler? Like Tyler Huntley, bro? Come on, bro. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I mean, at that point, you might as well throw Kenny Pickett in there. I mean, shit. Well, I would be. Uh, he's a Steelers. So I don't know. But maybe if you weren't a Steelers fan, I would probably be less mad about Pickett than I would be Huntley. But that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, shit. I mean, Tyler Huntley threw two picks and two touchdowns for six hundred. Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, and you know how much I don't like this guy. Mac Jones should have been in over Tyler Huntley. 110%. Literally, any any other quarterback in the AFC should be in before Tyler Huntley. I mean, Tua with a freaking concussion. Well, like no, no, no. Tua was Tua. named, and then he wasn't playing. because Yeah, was Tua was named, but he didn't I mean. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Concluding the episode. Thanks for, thanks for listening to this episode of Adam Sports Podcast. Remember, you can stream all of our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your major streaming platforms. Go follow us on social media. We post clips, game day picks, all that stuff. On Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at that damn sports podcast, D A M. Um, like I said, we'll see you guys next week with the Super Bowl episode. And thanks for listening to this episode of that damn sports podcast. Peace.